Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. I'm Mark Levin. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. All right, look. I want to talk about impeachment. Let's talk about impeachment. Number one. Nadler is a slip-and-fall lawyer. I'd be shocked if he actually has a legal license. They're going to go into court, this committee, and sue for the grand jury testimony and other grand jury information. Excuse me. That, uh, that was collected by Mr. Mueller during the course of his investigation. Anybody know what the problem with that is? A committee of Congress can't sue. A committee of Congress is not the House of Representatives. There's been no vote by the House of Representatives. I don't know. Has anybody else mentioned this, Mr. Producer? I've been busy all day doing other stuff. Research. So Nadler is trying to conduct now an impeachment investigation through the Judiciary Committee without the full House of Representatives authorizing him to do so, number one, and number two, going to court on his own as the committee chairman to get information. It is Nadler who's a rogue public official. It is Nadler who's undermining the Constitution. So this is outrageous. That's number one. That's number one. Number two. We just saw a debacle with Robert Mueller, a complete debacle. But Nadler looks like a clown. He looks like a buffoon. So what does he do? He says, look, look at all the great information we got from Mueller. Mueller, who was quite feeble. Mueller, who barely knew where he was, hadn't read his report, let alone read, uh, written it. And so now they say, well, now we have real information, so we're, we're going to conduct sort of a preliminary impeachment investigation. Guess what? You don't get to conduct a preliminary impeachment investigation. Absolute lawlessness here. And I think what the Democrats are doing is so politically damaging to themselves They can't even figure it out. They can't even figure it out. Now, let's take a little bit of time and do something that no other broadcast is going to do, no member of Congress is going to do, and let's actually look at this thing called impeachment. Let's actually look at it, because I can assure you Gerald Nadler is not. Gerald Nadler would have done very, very well as a commissar in the Soviet Union. He would have done very, very well as a judge in the Soviet Union, as a political apparatchik in the Soviet Union. 
Gerald Nadler is a red. You know what I mean by that? He is a red. He's doing more to damage this country, our Constitution, our national security, domestic policy, by spending every waking hour of his pathetic life trying to burden, obstruct, undermine, and destroy this president. He's obsessed. They talk about unhinged and mentally ill. Well, that would be Gerald Nadler. He needs some help. But what, from Pelosi? She's no better. So let's take a minute and look at this issue of impeachment. We'll go back to Raul Berger, one of the great minds, constitutional minds. He wasn't even a lawyer, but a truly magnificent historian. And I've cited this before, but we're going to get into it more deeply. The book's called Impeachment, the Constitutional Problems. Pressing for the impeachment of Justice William O. Douglas, Congressman Ford, it will be recalled, asserted that an impeachable offense is whatever House and Senate jointly consider it to be. Is that what it is? Is that what the Constitution says? The records make quite plain that the framers, far from proposing to confer illimitable power, meaning unlimited power to impeach and convict, intended to confer a limited power. Why? Because they didn't want the president answerable to the House of Representatives. That's why. Before George Mason moved to add maladministration in the language of impeachment in the Constitution to treason and bribery, George Mason explained that treason as defined in the Constitution will not reach many great and dangerous offenses. Attempts to subvert the Constitution may not be treason. It is the more necessary to extend the powers of impeachment. So Mason proposed to extend the power of impeachment to reach, quote, great and dangerous offenses. Attempts to subvert the Constitution, quote, unquote, by adding maladministration. But James Madison objected. He stood up and he said, so vague a term is maladministration will be equivalent to a tenure during the pleasure of the Senate and high crimes and misdemeanors was accepted in its place. This is all in Madison's notes. So high crimes and misdemeanors, significantly higher standard than maladministration. And neither are standards as low as whatever the House of Representatives decides since it's a political question. That was never accepted. So manifestly, this substitution was made for the purpose of limiting, not expanding, the initial proposal by George Mason on maladministration. Now, shortly before the Constitutional Convention had rejected high misdemeanors, that phrase, a phrase that they pulled out of English common law, they rejected it. In another context, because it had a technical meaning too limited. So that adoption of high crimes and misdemeanors exhibits an intent to embrace the limited technical meaning of the words for purposes of impeachment. That consequence 
would attach in any event for use of a technical term fully ascertained by the common or civil law would require reference to the law for its precise meaning. I know this gets a little complicated, but we need to talk about this. If high crimes and misdemeanors had an ascertainable content at the time the Constitution was adopted, that content furnishes the boundaries of the power. The boundaries of the power. It is no more open to Congress to stray beyond those boundaries than it is to include in the companion word bribery, an offense such as robbery, which had a quite different meaning back then and in common law. The design of the framers to confer a limited power is confirmed by the rejection of removal by address. Removal by address had no limits. We okay so far? So the language is intended to be limited and limiting. Not broad. Even so, some uneasiness apparently was excited by the breadth of the power. In other words, even some were concerned that this provided the Congress too much power over the president. For there were repeated assurances that impeachment was meant only for, quote, great injuries, unquote, great misdemeanors, unquote. James Aradell, later a Supreme Court justice told the North Carolina Convention that the occasion for its exercise, that is impeachment, will arise from acts of great injury to the community. Impeachment, said Governor Johnston in that convention, is a mode of trial pointed out for great misdemeanors against the public. The peaks of the English practice. The peaks of the English practice, which is what the framers looked at were familiar to the founders. In the federal convention, the constitutional convention, George Mason said corruption would be impeachable. Governor Morris agreed that corruption and some few other offenses ought to be impeachable. Madison added that the protection against the negligence or perfidy of the chief magistrate were indispensable. The president, said Madison, might pervert his administration into a scheme, a percolation or oppression. He might betray his trust to a foreign power. And Morris added that he may be bribed to betray his trust. In the Virginia Ratification Convention, James Madison stated that if the president be connected in any suspicious manner with any person, there be grounds to believe that he will shelter him, he may be impeached. He also stated that were the president to commit anything so atrocious as to summon only a few states, that is, senators, to consider a treaty at the exclusion of others. It would be impeached for misbehavior. And so they had numerous examples. Now, I'm moving around. This is a rather complex and lengthy book. But leave it to me to handle the scholarship here. In a comment on the, repu- on the resolution for the impeachment of Justice William O. Douglas... Introduced in the House of Representatives, April 16, 1970, by Congressman Gerald R. Ford, Milton Vorce states that 110 sponsors of the anti-Douglas resolution are conservative Republicans and Dixiecrats. This seems persuasive evidence in support of the hypothesis, he wrote, which virtually everyone in Washington accepts, that the undertaking seeks not simply to impeach 
William O. Douglas, but to discredit the liberalism inherent in the domestic programs of Democratic administration since the New Deal. Did you hear that? Let's bring this up to modern day. The reason they want to impeach Trump is in part due to their hate for Donald Trump and his election. But it is to stop his agenda. His appointment of constitutionalists to the court, his attempt to secure the border, his building up of the United States military, his support for law enforcement, and numerous other policy objectives. The purpose of attempting to impeach or lead up to the impeachment of Donald Trump is not just about Donald Trump, who they hate. It is about his agenda that they hate. It's about the fact of his election that they hate. The point is that impeachment is not supposed to just be about politics and the political whims of the majority party in the House. There's serious, real, limiting language in our Constitution. I know it's Friday. I know. I'm supposed to talk about what? Now, Congressman Ford all but conceded that his resolution was in retaliation for the Senate's rejection of two of President Nixon's nominees to the Supreme Court. But that's not what impeachment is supposed to be about, is it, ladies and gentlemen? Now, I'm going to continue. I'm going to continue. I know it's substantive. I know it's scholarly. I know it's history. But I know you're the smartest audience of all audiences in America. I think this is crucially important. We're setting the foundation to prove that the Democrats in the House, and that Mr. Nadler in particular, are rogue public officials who are violating the Constitution, who are violating the impeachment clause and the purpose of impeachment as they wave around the Constitution and walk towards impeachment. You cannot just impeach somebody for political purposes. That language has meaning. Any committee chairman and a committee cannot go to court and make claims for grand jury information because they possibly might pursue impeachment. A single committee doesn't get to make that decision. You want to know why, ladies and gentlemen? Because it's the full House of Representatives that are supposed to represent the people. And the Congress on the whole that's supposed to represent the people. Not the clowns and miscreants and malcontents who make up the majority on the House Judiciary Committee. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Since its founding in 1844, Hillsdale College has provided students with sound learning of the kind essential to preserving our civil and religious liberty. Now, I want to tell you about Imprimus, the free monthly speech digest of Hillsdale College. Imprimus is dedicated to educating citizens and promoting civil and religious liberty by covering important cultural, economic, political, and educational issues. First published in 1972, Imprimus is one of America's most widely read publications in support of liberty. With more subscribers, 3.9 million, than the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. And recent Imprimus publications have addressed issues like free speech, the regulation of big tech, 
mental illness, and the American medical insurance system. And because America's founding principles are so important, Hillsdale offers Primus absolutely free of charge to anyone who requests it. That's right. You can subscribe to Primus for free. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to visit imprimus.hillsdale.edu for your free subscription. That's Imprimus, I-M-P-R-I-M-I-S dot Hillsdale dot E-D-U. Welcome to Hillsdale. Now, this segment, this segment is too short to, uh, to go further. I will after the bottom of the air, but I want to tell you this. We need to take on these bastards. We need to take them on politically. We need to engage them on a constitutional basis, on a factual basis, on every basis whatsoever. They have declared war today. Mr. Nadler has declared war on the American people. Mr. Nadler has declared war on the office of the presidency and the president of the United States. Mr. Nadler is hell-bent on reversing the election results in 2016 and disenfranchising nearly 63 million of you. Mr. Nadler is a throwback. He's a reprobate from one district, one congressional district out of 435 congressional districts, a dark blue district filled with reds. He doesn't get to run this country. I've had enough of this guy. I've had enough of his efforts to cripple this president and his agenda. And make no mistake about it. That's what this is about. They wanted their third term for Obama. They have never accepted this election. They don't accept a peaceful transition of power. Now it is up to us, we the American people, who believe in real elections, who believe in the Constitution, who believe in the rule of law, who believe in due process. It is up to we the American people to confront Nadler and to confront these Democrats who have temporary power in the House of Representatives who are drunk on their power. Not only have they failed to do their public duty under the Constitution, have they failed to secure the border? Have they failed to support the military? But they are literally trying to eviscerate the executive branch because they do not like the man who runs it. Well, we put that man in power. This is a direct attack on you and me and our vote. Mr. Nadler, you coward, you pompous ass. I've asked you to come on this program and on every other program I have. And you hide. You hide, you miscreant. Show yourself. I'll be right back. You know, our nation's oldest colleges were founded to teach students to seek truth, recognize what's beautiful, and hold up what is good. But the vast majority of them have abandoned their missions, locked in the grip of political correctness. They no longer allow free and open discourse, rejecting the idea of objective truth. They peddle moral and cultural relativism. Thankfully, none of this applies to Hillsdale College. For almost two centuries, Hillsdale has remained true to its original mission to provide sound learning of the kind essential to preserving civil and religious liberty and intelligent piety. Now, as Hillsdale celebrates its 175th year, it remains committed to offering its students the very best liberal arts education in the land, as well as to extending its mission nationwide through its many outreach efforts on behalf of liberty. 
These include free online courses, the publication of its Free Speech Digest and Primus, its Kirby Center for Constitutional Studies and Citizenship in Washington, D.C., and its Barney Charter School Initiative, which is helping to establish classical K-12 charter schools nationwide. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844, this is Hillsdale College. And let me add, I think so much of Hillsdale College. I donated an original copy of a compilation of the Federalist Papers, which sit today as I speak at the Kirby Center. Hillsdale College, America's College. Breaking news, ladies and gentlemen, actual breaking news. The Supreme Court of the United States, just now, handed President Trump a major victory by clearing the way for him to use $2.5 billion from the military's budget to add to the wall on the southern border for an extra 100 miles of border wall in California, Arizona, and New Mexico. The justices lifted orders by a federal judge in Oakland and the Ninth Circuit Court in San Francisco that had barred the administration from using the Pentagon's money to build a border wall. The president's lawyers had asked the high court to intervene, saying it faced a September 30 deadline to spend the $2.5 billion from the Pentagon's budget before the fiscal year ends, and the money was no longer available. The lower courts kept obstructing the president of the United States, the Obama judges, the Clinton judges. And you, ladies and gentlemen, you listen to this program, no brag, just fact, the Babe Ruth of legal matters. I told you over and over and over again that the president of the United States is free to move monies from account to account. Why? Because he's a dictator? Because he's a monarch? No! Because the law allows him to do it. That's why. And other presidents had done it. And then you have these clowns like Rand Paul. And Justin Amash throwing in with the hardcore leftists like Bernie Sanders and these phony organizations, these left-wing front groups like the Sierra Club suing the president of the United States, forum shopping for left-wing kook judges and into the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. Well, the Supreme Court just ruled wrong, wrong district court in San Francisco, wrong circuit court in San Francisco. The president is free to spend that $2.5 million to build 100 miles of the border wall on the southern border. This is why they want to impeach the president of the United States, ladies and gentlemen, because he's trying to protect the country. He's trying to enforce the law. He follows the law. He doesn't violate the law. What do you think? He's Obama or Clinton? You think he's Jerry Nadler? Jerry. Jerry. Time to come home, Jerry, says Jerry's mother. Jerry, come home. Stop playing. Anyway, this is a big deal. Thank you. And it's too bad it has to be a big deal. When in fact it should be no deal. It just should happen. It just should happen. I think the Supreme Court was sick and tired of these lower courts in the Ninth Circuit. Putting all these things in place for the whole country. And said, you know, we're going to step in here. And we're going to take care of this. This is why they want to remove your president of the United States. This is why. 
And they want to remove this president in case he has another appointment or two to the United States Supreme Court. They want to remove him. They want to remove him. Now let's continue with our little lesson. Those of you who are listening attentively, in the last 30 minutes, you learned more about constitutional law respecting impeachment than any member of Congress knows, any talk show host knows, any TV host knows. Let's continue, shall we? The great Raul Berger gives us direction, and I've read his book twice now. It's not the easiest read, but it is a crucial read. It's a magnificent book. And he goes on to say, looks at the impeachment of Andrew Johnson, which was a farce. And Andrew Johnson was impeached for the same reason they attempt to impeach Trump. Not the specific substance, but the same reason. They didn't like him. They didn't want him after Lincoln's assassination. He was a Democrat from Tennessee, even though he was pro-union. He was a heavy drinker. But they wanted to get rid of him. The Republicans wanted to get rid of him. And they impeached him. And it went to the Senate, where they had a trial. Where he's going to be removed from office. But for one Republican senator, who destroyed his own career, who said in so many words on the floor of the Senate, I cannot vote to convict this president. He has not violated the Constitution of the United States. Is there one Democrat on the House Judiciary Committee? Is there one Democrat in the House of Representatives who will stand up and tell the truth? No, there's not. There aren't any. The chief lesson, Raul Berger writes, which emerges from the impeachment trial of Andrew Johnson, and by the way, How many presidents who've been impeached have ever been removed from office? Anybody know? Zero. Johnson, almost one vote shy. And it's looked upon the Johnson impeachment as a a dark spot on American history, as a farce. The chief lesson which emerges from the Johnson trial is that impeachment of the president should be a last resort. Inevitably, it becomes colored by party spleen. However, justified in purpose, an attempt should first be made to accomplish the purpose by less explosive means. The problem with what Berger writes is it's reasonable, it's rational, it's temperate, sober. None of those words can describe the miscreant Nadler or his comrades. In the conclusion of his book, Raul Berger says, Finally, a decent regard for the design of the founders, a resolve to avoid the excesses which forever stigmatized the Johnson trial, should constrain the Congress to disclaim unlimited power and to act within constitutional confines. If there are indeed limits to the impeachment power, the Senate may no more act in excess of those limits when it acts judicially than when it acts legislatively. What he's saying is, Congress does not have the constitutional power to act outside the limiting language 
in the impeachment clause. Now, it, obviously, there's nothing that can stop it. Because it's a mob. It, when it becomes a mob, it becomes a mob. But he's saying, if it were a lawful, constitutionally uh, acting Congress, it couldn't do these things and it wouldn't do these things. He says every branch of government is confined to the limits drawn in the Constitution. And the chief purpose of those limits was defense in much feared, the much feared legislative branch. It was not left to the unlimited discretion of that branch to disrupt the other branches through resort to the impeachment power. To the impeachment power. Now, when you understand American history, you understand that Jefferson, among others, was very concerned about tyranny. But there were different times, types of tyranny. There could be the tyranny of the king, but there could be the tyranny of the parliament. That is, there could be the tyranny of a president and the tyranny of Congress. We never much look at Article 1, do we? How this Congress is hemmed in. And it's hemmed in on the issue of impeachment as well. And then they say, let's look at the Mueller report. The Mueller report. The Mueller report, where in Volume 1, the President of the United States is found not to have colluded. But we already knew that. And then Volume 2, what do we have? Volume 2, we have a violation of every norm of justice in this country by a gaggle, a mob of left-wing Democrats dressed up as prosecutors, chosen for that very purpose who did not serve Robert Mueller, that was obvious, but who served Andrew Weissman. Three-fourths of the prosecutors in that office violated the Department of Justice policy against the appearance of a conflict of interest. Three-fourths of them gave thousands of dollars to the Clinton campaign and the Obama campaign. One of them represented Hillary Clinton in her dealings with the FBI and the FBI investigation. That's precisely why Weissman chose her. Weissman was at the Hillary Clinton victory party. There is no way that man should be within 10 feet of an investigation of a Republican of any sort. But he has spent a career abusing power in unethical behavior. If we had a truly well-functioning House of Representatives... They would have truly wanted to look into how the FISA court was violated. How the FBI put spies in another candidate's campaign. How the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC violated our campaign laws. And perhaps the Logan Act. By laundering money through a well-known Democrat law firm, Perkins Coie. And their lawyer, Mark Elias. To Fusion GPS. How it was they who used a former foreign spy. Who in fact colluded with Russians to put together false statements against a president of the United States, which was then pushed by our media, among others, and John McCain, among others, and Democrats in and out of Congress, to open an FBI investigation, a counterintelligence investigation. 
And then the pressure was in place by Schumer and others. Once Comey was fired, sleazeball Comey, leaking Comey, unhinged Comey, who the Democrats wanted out of office until Trump fired him. Then he was Moses himself coming down from Mount Sinai with one pronouncement after another. The Democrats turned on a dime. Why? Because they want to defeat Trump. Why else? They want to reverse the outcome of the last election. Why else? Because they want to impeach the people who voted for him, and they want to impeach his agenda. That's why. This is the greatest political scandal in American history. And it goes on. Mr. Nadler is a lawless, rogue demagogue. Mr. Schiff is a lawless, rogue demagogue. Nancy Pelosi is a lawless, rogue demagogue. And they all have fascistic instincts. They all have fascistic instincts. And I demand that Mediate and Media Matters repeat every damn thing I said and spread it along the left-wing kooks who read those sites. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Every human being has a common problem. How do I live well? Our happiness and well-being depends on how we answer that question. Hillsdale College President Larry Arn argues that the best book ever written on this subject is Aristotle's Nicomachean Ethics. And a new free online course from Hillsdale College shares Aristotle's teachings that will help you lead the most complete, happy life possible. Register for this free course, Introduction to Aristotle's Ethics, How to Lead a Good Life, featuring lessons from the greatest self-help book ever written at levinforhillsdale.com. In just 10 on-demand videos, each only 30 minutes long, you'll learn how to confront the chief obstacles to happiness and make the choices that build good character. Aristotle presents a guide for securing a virtuous life. And if you take this free course from Hillsdale and heed Aristotle's advice, your life will change for the better. You can learn how to lead a good life just as every Hillsdale College student does. It's yours for free. At LevinforHillsdale.com, that's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You know, ladies and gentlemen, knowledge is a powerful tool. We have a lot of nitwits on TV and a lot of nitwits in Congress. Frankly, a lot of nitwits on radio. I'm trying to ensure that you have the kind of knowledge that's necessary to confront these people. That's why we're talking about impeachment tonight from a substantive point of view. That's why I strongly encourage you to get on freedom of the press. That's why my books aren't Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. That's why I don't dumb down issues or dumb down books, because I have the smartest audience on the face of the earth. Let's go to Michael, the great WMAL. Go. How you doing, Mike? Uh, okay, thank you. Call. Yes, sir. I have sir. a problem with uh, this impeachment. Um, mm-hmm. As an African-American who'd been mm-hmm. locked up during the 90 uh, crime bill, 94 crime bill, and got himself together, I yes, know sir. how it is when you have someone in the government actually accusing you of something that you haven't done. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm giving him the benefit of a doubt. 
Because you mean the, the president. Fact of this. Yes, the president. Because for the simple fact of this, you can't attack him on anything. Only thing you can attack him on is his words. As far as the economy, it's opportunities out here. Of course, some of us not rich, and some of us, uh, you know, we're not making as much as we think we should. But guess what? Get another job. It's ways around that to get where you need to be. You know, the country's eating. Um, if there's those out there who feel as though they're not, don't can't bring nothing to the table. Um, just reassess yourself and come back. You know, just come back in the workforce. It's a lot in the workforce. It's a you know, you cannot give up on your dreams. And as far as defense, immigration. Excuse me, immigration. I'm gonna give him a heads up on that because guess what? The Supreme Court agrees. He can divert them funds. If you don't want to sit right there and come to a plan, guess what? He's going to build his wall. You know, you know, is I feel as though the Democrats is have overreached. <laughs> they have really overreached. You're not trying to govern. You're not trying to les- legislate. Only thing I'm seeing is a tax. But you expect me to vote for you. You know, I find that really hard. And thanks for taking my call. But no, I'm no, no. Let me tell you right something. Y- you are very impressive. You say you were in jail for a period of time. Yes, yes. I, yeah. You know, I mean, and you, and, and and you reverse course. Yes, you know how I'm gonna take care of myself. You took you, <laughs> you take know, care you of yourself. You changed your yes. life. That's what it's all about. Yes, you know, and I have a problem with this health care. You know, mm-hmm. you just basically want me to just give away. You want to tax me to give away something for free for folks who not here, who's not mm-hmm. legally American. You mm-hmm. know. I'd rather do that for seniors, but for those who want to just come here and get something for free, I didn't get nothing for free. I had to pay a price. And when I came home, guess what? I got me, you know, my insurance. Then Obamacare came. Then I had, you know, it was a lot of changes. I had to adjust. That's one thing you learn in prison. You have to adjust. And um, I'm finding it really appalling. That Michael, Michael, let me tell you this. I want you to call back. I don't know what you did. But you uh, you sound like what we Jews call a mensch. You know what a mensch is? A real class act. Don't hang up. I want to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press. And thank you for your call. We'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Just to show you what a demagogue and rogue hack Jerry Nadler is, and we're going to spend a lot of time over the course of the next many months focused on this this man. And we'll continue to request that he show up on this show. I want you to hear what he said today in an outright lie. He's very lucky that he's not under investigation, that he's not put under oath. Because he'd be serving a life sentence for false statements. And perjury. Here's Jerry. Jerry Nadler. Cut three. Go. He told us in a remarkable exchange with Mr. Liu that but for the Department of Justice policy from prohibiting prohibiting from doing so, he would have indicted President Trump. 
Now, Mr. Nadler knows that this is a lie. He should be banned from every news show, but he won't be. Mr. Nadler knows that he's a liar, but he also knows that his base collectively is an IQ of negative seven. And so they'll chew this stuff up. This is what demagogues do. Now, let's listen to cut four. Mr. Mueller at the hearing on Wednesday, we all heard it, about the Office of Legal Counsel, those opinions which, it, which were brought to the public by me. I'm the one who found them. I'm the one who brought them out on this program and on Fox. Now, let's listen to what Mueller said in exchange with another reprobate, Representative Ted Lieu. Cut four, go. I'd like to ask you the reason, again, that you did not indict Donald Trump is because of OLC opinion stating that you cannot indict a sitting president, correct? Uh, That is correct. Now, two things happened there. Lou could see. He could see what we all could see, that Mr. Mueller was feeble. I'm just telling you the truth. And he put words in his mouth. And Mr. Mueller confirmed the words that Mr. Lou put in his mouth. Then they took a break. And at the beginning of the second hearing, Mr. Mueller corrected himself. He corrected himself. This is a matter of public record. It was on television for millions to see. It was on radio for millions to hear. Yet Jerry Nadler lies about what took place. This is Mueller correcting the record. Cut five, go. Now, before we go to questions, I want to add one correction to my testimony this morning. I want to go back to one thing that was said this morning by Mr. Liu, who said, and I quote, you didn't charge the president because of the OLC opinion. That is not the correct way to say it. As we say in the report, and as I said at the opening, we did not reach a determination as to whether the president committed a crime. So in... In a matter so important, so important as this, the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee lies through his teeth. Now, Ted Lieu, yesterday, hearing Mr. Mueller's correction, basically Mueller calling out Ted Lieu. No, he's got it wrong, Ted Lieu. We didn't make that determination. Ted Lieu goes on his favorite so-called news platform, CNN, the Constipated News Network. And Wolf Blitzer, another fraud. This is how that exchange goes. It's unbelievable. Cut six, go. You were at the center yesterday of one of the most dramatic moments of the hearings with Robert Mueller. He had to walk back his testimony to you in response to your questioning that the reason uh, that they didn't formally indict the president was because of the Justice Department guidelines. A sitting president can't be indicted. Uh, but you say Mueller fully understood your question. Doesn't Mueller's Now correction- let's stop right there. So in other words, Mr. Liu is calling Mr. Mueller a liar. Now Wolf Blitzer says, doesn't Mueller's correction, which he later provided, prove otherwise? Go ahead, Rich. He later provided prove otherwise. Uh, this is what was so odd about that exchange. Special Counsel Robert Mueller 
agreed that the OLC opinion prevented a sitting president from being indicted. And then the Republican member after me asked him a series of questions to try to get him to walk it back. And he did not do that. And then it wasn't until there was a recess in the Intel Committee that he started to walk some of that back. I don't know who got to him. I don't know who talked to him. But that was very odd what he did. Well, what are you suggesting that uh, he said he misspoke, he didn't understand or whatever it was. That's why he wanted to clarify and walk back his response to your question. Are you saying he only did that because of pressure from someone? Uh, I don't know, but he clearly answered the way he answered to me. And then he had numerous times to walk that back by the next Republican member who asked him a series of questions on the exact same issue, trying to get him to walk it back. Because he was feeble. And because after... It was brought to his attention that his comments don't encumber the representation that was made in the report on multiple occasions. He corrected the record. Now, Mr. Liu sees a conspiracy that somebody pressured Mueller. They go on all day about the fact that this man was a combat hero, a Marine in Vietnam, with a bronze star and a purple heart. And now Mr. Liu says... Somebody got to him. Now, these are the clowns who are pushing impeachment. These are the buffoons who are pushing impeachment. But the biggest clowns pushing impeachment, the biggest buffoons pushing impeachment are in the media. And they've been pushing impeachment constantly. Like Chris Matthews. Chris Matthews, who worked for Tip O'Neill, who worked for Jimmy Carter whose wife was a pretend newswoman. She ran for Congress in a Democrat primary and was defeated. He praises Nadler for investigating Trump. Well, of course he does. Because Nadler is doing exactly what Chris Matthews is telling him to do. Cut seven, go. I just want to congratulate you, sir, because I thought you, especially as chairman and all the members of your committee, I thought it would... Right, first Demo- of all, first of all, what, are you on something? Have you ever heard anyone talk this fast other than that guy that uh, that wins these awards for talking fast, you know, does those commercials? You ever hear anything like this? <laughs> you know, Chris was known. He, he used to like the drink, as I understand it. He likes something. I don't know what's going on there. He's like a fast-talking Joe Scarborough. Cut seven, go. I just want to congratulate you, sir, because I thought you, especially as chairman and all the members of your committee, I thought a really, the Democratic members did a really good job. The Democratic members did a really good job, ladies and gentlemen. The Democratic members did a really good job during the Mueller hearings. You have to be a complete and absolute hack to draw that conclusion. Even Nadler knew they didn't do a good job. When Nadler was in front of that microphone after that hearing, he looked like an albino. And I had no offense against albino, but all the blood had drained from his face to his feet. He was an embarrassment. That's why he's reacted the way he has today. Because he embarrassed himself, he humiliated himself, and the Democrat Party. Go ahead. 
Whatever slowness there was on the part of the witness is just, you know, life. I think he really did a good Thank job you. in those questions you, you put to him. And I think he did. If you listen to the highlights yesterday. Ah, shut up, you idiot. Thank you. Thank you. Rich, I'm not kidding. I want you to see if we can get Nadler on here, okay? I want us to make a concerted effort, email and phone call. And tell him if he wants to impeach a president of the United States, he has a responsibility. He has a duty to talk to more than just his base in the media and outside the media. He has a duty to talk to somebody like me who disagrees with him. He has a duty to talk to somebody like me about what the impeachment clause of the Constitution means. He has a duty to talk to somebody like me so we can go through the report without hemming and hauling, especially volume two. He has a duty to defend himself in the comments he's made publicly where he has ruled as a chairman of a committee that the president of the United States has committed crimes. I want to know what kind of justice system this man thinks he's talking about. Mr. Nadler has a duty to talk to somebody like me rather than a spongehead like Chris Matthews or all the rest of them. Such a tough guy, this Nadler. He's going to go to court and get testimony. He's going to help hold this one in contempt and that one in contempt. And he demands this and he demands that. Little old Mark behind this microphone with millions and millions of American citizens who'd like to hear from Mr. Nadler. Well, he hides, he cowers behind Chris Matthews. Come on, Mr. Nadler. Come on the program. We have some serious questions to ask you. You want to impeach our president? You want to wave around our Constitution? You want to wave around criminal statutes? You want to wave around the Mueller report? Then we want to talk to you. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, that's BrickHouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Now, to understand what's going on today, we need to understand impeachment. We discussed that. We need to understand Nadler. We discussed that. We need to understand what's really taking place here. This is an attack on the rule of law, guised as promoting the rule of law. 
This is an attempt to impeach the president and to impeach his policies and to impeach his supporters. This is a war on you, on almost 63 million of you who voted for the president of the United States. This is a war on you. This is a war on the Constitution. It's a war on our justice system. These are liars. These are demagogues. And I'm also talking about the media. To truly understand and to put an umbrella over this, what's taking place is you need to understand the media in ways that you've never looked at it before or have understood it before because the media is now part of a radical, progressive, social activist movement. They're not media. They take advantage of the First Amendment and freedom of the press, but they're not a free press. They are a propaganda mill. You can watch Chuck Todd, Jeffrey Tubin, Jake Tapper, Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo. As a matter of fact, they're very proud that many of them are pulled right out of the ranks of a Democrat party or a liberal movement or a Democrat family. And so I want to take you back to John Dewey. John Dewey, one of the early progressive intellectuals, one of the most influential. He and Woodrow Wilson, a number of others that I discussed in my prior book. But I want to take you into unfreedom of the press, right on page 31, to what John Dewey said. Listen to this. He's talking about education. And by that, what he means is indoctrination and propaganda through the press, through our schools. He says, when I say that the first object of a renascent liberalism is education, I mean that it, its task is to aid in producing the habits of mind and character, the intellectual and moral patterns that are somewhere near even with the actual movements of events. In other words, indoctrination. It is, I repeat, the split between the latter, as they have externally occurred, and the ways of desiring, the ways of thinking, the ways of putting emotion and purpose into execution that is the basic cause of present confusion in mind and paralysis in action. You see, about the same time our public education system changed, our government schools, the media changed. About the same time. Slightly over 100 years ago. The educational task cannot be accompanied merely by working upon men's minds. Without action, that effects actual change in institutions. The idea that dispositions and attitudes can be altered by merely moral means conceived of as something that goes on wholly inside a person, oneself, one of the old patterns that has to be changed, is that pattern. In other words, we need this big force, this movement, to force you to think and behave and emote a certain way, a specific way. Thought, he writes, desire and purpose exist in a constant give and take of interaction with, envir with environing conditions. But resolute thought is the first step in that change of action that will itself carry further the needed change in patterns of mind and character. Propaganda. Indoctrination. Progressivism. You see it all over television. 
In short, Dewey said, liberalism must now become radical. He says, meaning by radical perception of the necessity of thoroughgoing changes in the setup of institutions and corresponding activity to bring the changes to pass. For the gulf between what the actual situation makes possible and the actual state itself is so great that it cannot be bridged by piecemeal policies undertaken ad hoc. In other words, we need this big progressive movement to devour the civil society. And they have. Whether it's our government, whether it's our economic system, whether it's our schools and the media. This has been an ideological endeavor from day one. From day one. And so what do they do? Oh, we're going to make uh, journalism into a profession. Really? Oh, yeah, we're going to have real standards. And what are they? Well, we need to, we need to you know, pursue objective truth. Okay, and how are you going to report it? Well, how do you think they're going to report it? Through their mindset, through their ideology. And so they redefine what objective truth means. And now they've redefined what news means. CNN's having this huge event on climate change. A news event with the candidates on climate change. Because now man-made climate change is a given scientific fact, you see, even though it's not. But it doesn't matter. That's the reality, a false reality, but that's the reality now through which people are watching the news and listening to the news. I even heard a fairly conservative commentator on my favorite cable network say, you know, maybe the Republicans should just come up with a, a modest reform to deal with climate change. This is how they move the center left. This is how they take over different institutions. You should get your copy of Unfreedom of the Press. I won't talk about it as much if you read it, because I think it's crucially important, especially now in this point of history. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit. But most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now, you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Mark Levin, the cure for the common liberal. Minimum wage, $20 an hour, because a nitwit in Congress throws it out there. Now it's to be discussed. I have a better idea. Anybody who's on welfare has to work. Help us build the wall. Help us do things we need to do. How about that one? 
You like that one, Mr. Producer? Give us $20 an hour worth of work if you're on welfare or any other government subsidized program. You give us $20 an hour worth of work helping us secure the border or whatever's needed. Or whatever's needed. You know, these days you go online, get these phony ads hawking health powders and drinks. They've catchy headlines like, Doctors save man with this weird trick. Then you sit through some long video presentation with some guy in a lab coat pitching you the hard clothes so you buy today. All right. I want you to listen. My friends at Brickhouse Nutrition, which includes real, actual doctors, real, professional, human performance experts, get fed up with all the garbage on the market and wanted to create a quality product that actually would improve your health. And Field of Greens was born. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real, USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not extracts. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com. That's BrickHouseLevin.com. Get 15% off your first order and use offer code LEVIN. That's two LEVINs right there. BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. Don't get fooled by the phony imitations. This is the only superfood I endorse. Start your day, like me, with a scoop of Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. BrickHouseLevin, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. All right, Mr. Producer, do we have any great callers hanging around there? Jonathan, the great WABC in New York, go. Hi, Mark. I'm just wondering, because Nadler and the House Judiciary Democrats are acting ultra-virus, so beyond. Ultra-virus means without authority. Without authority. Yes. Without authority. Um, so far beyond any limit on Article One authority. I'm just wondering if there lies a claim, if a claim is that lies under a 31 U.S.C. 3729 in Ketam. No, 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 no. You can't, you can't. These members of Congress are immune from statute of that sort, especially a Ketam statute, which really has almost nothing to do with this. Because that would be like uh, the misuse of government funds under uh, under the FAR list of regulations and that sort of thing. Uh, I was wet. Hold on now. I'm, I'm educating the nation about this. You can't just sue members of Congress under the criminal code because they're immune from it. Right. right. In their official duties. I think it's called the speech and debate clause. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, I was thinking, um, you know, or if there was some way to find... Look, look, if the law applied to Nadler, if false statements applied to Nadler, Nadler would be in prison for four billion years. It's just that we feel so helpless against... I agree with you. I agree. And he is a tyrant. He's he's as wide as he is short, and that's after his uh, stomach procedure. May I say, and I can say that as the chairman of Fatties United or FU. <laughs> All right, my friend. My Thank you for your call. I think we should get Nadler to join my group. 
Don't you, Mr. Producer? Yes, he can be a, a member of the board of directors of FU, Fatties United. And we have fun. In fact, we should call it Fatties United with Nadler. Fun. Or we can do this. Fatties United with Nadler. How about FU Nadler? Do you like that one? Uh, what did you say, Mr. Producer? Richard in the Bronx, the great WABC. Go. Hello, Mark. Hello. Yes. I want to ask you, what are the chances of Goober Graham bringing uh, into the Senate Judiciary Committee both Weissman and Mueller? Is that feasible? Of course. He can subpoena them, and then uh, they can can argue over separation. Let me ask you a question, Richard, in the Bronx. Where the hell is the United States Senate? Yeah, I'm asking you. Ah, you're asking me? I've been asking this question. I like our friend Lindsey Graham these days. But where's the Senate Judiciary Committee? Where's the Senate Intelligence Committee? Where's the Senate Oversight Committee? What are they doing? Where is everybody? Forget the Intelligence Committee. That guy, uh, Burr, he's a hack. Yeah, he, he is a hack. Yes. Yeah, forget about and him. By, and by the way... uh they are very busy spending money that your children and grandchildren haven't earned yet. Have you heard about that? Yes, I'm uh, well aware of that. Massively and, so. Yeah. One other thing I want yes. to ask you, though, about um, that ruling. Uh, I mean, no, about uh, the judges. I mean, no, the judges. Uh, do you think uh, the, the Ninth Circuit, even though he appointed seven circuit judges, but I don't think he appointed many, if any, of the uh, local, of the District judge, do you think we're in better shape in the Ninth Circuit? We're getting there. We're getting we're there. Getting... Oh, All right, my friend. What... Thank you for your call. From the president of Landmark Legal Foundation, of which I am chairman, but Pete Hutchison is the president. It's a magnificent organization, if I say so myself. The lowdown on the Supreme Court regarding the California judge and the uh, district court and the California Ninth Circuit. He said, uh, he says here, the bottom line is that the five conservatives on the court, so-called conservatives, five members of the court, don't think environmental plaintiffs have a cause of action to enforce congressional spending decisions. And Breyer concurred. That's six. That's six. So that's a good thing. I've always wondered about standing for environmental groups in this case. This is another outrageous thing that most of you may not be aware of. These environmental groups get standing automatically to go into court. Landmark Legal Foundation does not get standing. The, the statutes have been read and the courts have read the statutes to mean that these groups represent the public. When in fact they don't. And so they have standing to go into court and challenge EPA regulations or to challenge the EPA for not putting in place regulations. They even have standing to go in and challenge taxes and so forth because we've dealt with this. We don't. Conservatives. Landmark Legal Foundation never could. And we fought that all the way up to the D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals on the retroactive death tax and the retroactive gift taxes that were imposed by the Clinton administration. Remember that? When he came into office, we litigated this issue, standing. 
So the left, through these front groups, gets standing automatically in front of these courts. But the Supreme Court said, uh, not this time. Not this time. Environmental plaintiffs don't have a cause of action to enforce congressional spending decisions. So they were just blown out by the Supreme Court. I want to thank my buddy Pete Hutchison over there at Landmark Legal Foundation. Magnificent group. I was president there, I don't know how many years. Over 20 years. Or something like that. And he's taken up the uh, position of president, and and frankly, he's doing a tremendous job over there. So I want to thank them. And by the way, they're not hot shots and showboats trying to draw attention with press releases and TV shows and all that. They just break their butts sitting at their desks and doing the hard work and going into the courtroom and into administrative agencies. I'm just very partial to them. Who? Oh, by the way, this Judge Bertelson, William Bertelson, who ruled just now, ladies and gentlemen, that in the Covington case, he dismissed the case. He said there, uh, there is no basis for defamation. Ruling for the Washington Post. It'll be appealed, of course. He's a Jimmy Carter judge. A Jimmy Carter judge. I'm sure he's on senior status. That means he's semi-retired and just pops in now and then when they have an overflow of cases. And somehow he gets this case. Now, again, remember, it's just like the Wall case. This is just a district court. Then it'll get to the circuit court. Maybe it'll get to the Supreme Court. Maybe not. So this is just the first battle. So you'll hear the libs focus on this all day. Hey, guess what, everybody? Guess what? But here's one thing that can never be be dismissed by a judge. Those young kids, those young kids wearing those MAGA hats, Catholic kids from Covington, that school there, they were defamed, whether this judge says so or not by the media. They were abused. They were abused. And any media that would treat a kid or kids this way is a disgrace. The Washington Compost is a disgrace. CNN is a disgrace. We don't need a judge to tell us this is the case. And we know that the, the aggressive and brilliant legal team representing these kids or that gentleman, Sandman, I believe was his name, the young kid. They're not going to just sit for a Carter judge to make a decision. They will appeal, and they will continue to fight this, because that's what good litigators do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 
833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLEVIN.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. There could be a way to mix this program with music and sports. That would be really like mixed vegetables. Although I don't like mixed vegetables. All right, Mr. Producer. I uh, Let's see here. CNN. CNN. The Constipated News Network. You walk through an airport. They don't have any of my books, but they've got CNN on there. And as I've been talking about for years, and the backbenchers have finally figured it out, they have a monopoly on airports. Otherwise, they'd have no ratings whatsoever. But it scares away the tourists. Over at the Daily Caller, Shelby Talcott, by the way, another website that never discussed my book. I'm just, I'm not, I'm not keeping track. I'm just mentioning. CNN hired an Egyptian-born photojournalist who has referred to Jewish people and Egyptian police as pigs multiple times on his official Twitter account and also called for people to be murdered. I'm sure uh, Helter Stelter is on top of this. I'm sure... Jake tapped out is all on top of this. I'm sure Wolf Blitzer is all on top of this. Don Lemon, Chris Cuomo, conga line of freaks and miscreants. Mohammed Elshami, a photo editor for CNN, was hired by the news outlet in 2019, according to an announcement on his Twitter. Past tweets by Elshami include referring to Jews and police as pigs and even calling for officials to be murdered. Anti-Israel comments are all scattered throughout his past tweets. One photo shared by (laughs) Al-Shami, excuse me, calls for the killing of multiple people. I'm surprised they don't give him a, uh, a hosting position over there. Or maybe he can work over at MSNBC and fill in for Al Sharpton from time to time. He captioned the photo, My Dream Egypt. Pigs. In another tweet from 2011, Al-Shami suggested he could kill someone and call it self-defense in Israel. We're hunting you, Israel, a tweet from August 2011 reads. This is a swell guy. Al-Shami referred to Jewish people as pigs and posted anti-Israel tweets on his official page. One tweet said that he was proud of the army generation that liberated us from the Zionist pigs in 1973. The date written in this tweet refers to the Yom Kippur War when Egypt and Syria attacked Israel on the holiest day in the Jewish calendar. More than four Jewish pigs killed in Jerusalem today by the Palestinian bomb explode, a tweet from El-Shami read in 2011. Another read that Israel is the main enemy for the people of Egypt and shall always remain, despite rulers. I won't read the rest. El-Shami also referred to police as pigs in multiple tweets throughout 2011. I'm happy that I lived to the day. Look, he's illiterate, too. I'm happy that I lived to the day that I threw rocks and redirected a tear gas against interior ministry pigs before I die, one tweet read. That's for you cops out there. Another stated, I'm with clearing Tahir from these pigs and killing them. Tahir Square is a major public town square in Cairo, Egypt. A third reads, why is my dad trying to persuade me in joining Police Academy? 
pigs. Now, CNN accepted the resignation of a photo editor, joined the news outlet earlier this year, this gentleman. Right. According to a statement given to the DCNF by Matt Dornick, Vice President of Communications and Digital Partnerships. Now, ladies and gentlemen, apparently this subhuman lowlife was well known as a subhuman lowlife in the Internet world. Isn't seeing any news organization? Don't they pride themselves on research and investigations? And yet they hired this guy. And yet they hired this guy. It brings to mind a week or so ago when Jake Tapper thought it was newsworthy to bring on air Richard Spencer, a neo-Nazi, to comment on Donald Trump. CNN, what's going on over there at CNN? Remember the professor they had, Mr. Producer? What was his name? Mark Lamont Hill. He's still out there jubating. How is it that CNN just manages to hire all these people? Of course, they fire them when they're caught. Because it's a newsroom that hates Israel. When Hamas fired missiles into Israel... CNN took up for Hamas. Not much different than the rest of the media. Leading with the New York Times, the Holocaust deniers. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post... Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Michelle Obama's book. What's it called? Becoming? Becoming what? What a book. Becoming. Wow. That'll sell 10 million copies. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. So are these clips I have of truly sick people. I've mentioned to you before, gentlemen, that most of you never heard of before. He appears on uh, a burlesque show that goes by the name of The Morning Schmo. This guy's made a lot of money, used to hang out with Jeffrey Epstein, so of course he's part of the reprobate cast, or as Sean likes to say, the ensemble, uh, of the Morning Schmo and Mrs. Schmo. Wonderful couple of what? I don't know. Now his name is Donnie Deutsch, but I've been calling him Donnie Douche. Not to be rude, it is the Ashkenazi pronunciation of his name, as I understood it, based on my Google search. And so I, I want to be true to, you know, his ancestry, so I call him douche, because that's just the way it is. Donnie, or Double D, I could call him. Do you like that better, Mr. Producer? I Look, I didn't spell his name. I didn't create his name. This is who he is. What do you want from me? What do you want from me? It's like this guy Wiener. Did I give him his name? No, his name's Wiener. What do you want from me? 
The Democrats are full. We got Wiener. We got Douche. We got all kinds of stuff going on on the left. Hey, don't be mad at me. I'm the messenger. But this guy is a mental case. May I say that? I think I will. I want you to hear what he said. And, and keep in mind, MSNBC, which is an appendage of NBC, sort of like of a thigh rash, all run by Andrew Lack, who's a moron, all owned by Comcast. I hope you enjoy your cable because you're paying for all this. Have loser after loser, Andrea Mitchell, Chris Matthews. Well, you know the list. It's like a prison list. Uh, anyway, here's Double D or Donnie Douche. Cut one, go. We are at war. It is time for the Democrats to wake up. We are playing against cheaters and liars or stealers. And with all due respect to Michelle Obama, when they go high... And when they go low, we got to do whatever we have to do. We actually have. Let's stop here. You want to get this guy on my show, Mr. Producer? Will one of these clowns come on my show? I want to talk to Mr. Tough Guy, all four feet, seven inches of him. Mr. Tough Guy. We go high, we go low. What are you going to do, pal? You going to punch us? What are you going to do? What are you going to do, squirt? What are you going to do, moron? We go high. We go low. We go low. Get out of the way, you puke. Go ahead. By Moscovich and criminal Trump. Oh, by the way, we're going to call him unindicted criminal Trump now because in uh, two Oh, wow. Inst- unindicted criminal Trump. Isn't this guy clever with his negative 17 IQ? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to call him unindicted criminal Trump. Now, let me explain something to you, Donnie Douche. Let me explain something to you. If you're unindicted, you're not a criminal. How do you get unindicted criminal Trump? Then listen to this guy. No wonder he was Jeffrey Epstein's buddy. No wonder he's on the morning schmo. Go ahead. He has been an unindicted criminal. So I know in, in regular, when you're playing fair, you're supposed to call him President Trump. Just like we're going to call him Moscow Mitch, we're going to call him criminal Trump. Wait, wait, we got Moscow Mitch and criminal Trump. And you wonder why I use the Ashkenazi pronunciation of his name? Donald Douche? What's his name? Donnie. Oh, it's Donnie. Excuse me, I mispronounced his first name. Go ahead. There are two takeaways from Mueller that we're going to use as we go to war. Number one. The president broke the law, and when he's out of office, he can go and will go to jail. The president broke the law, and when he's out of office, he will go to jail. How do you know? Because I'm double D Donnie Douche, and I know. And I've got this this fascistic mind. I've, I've declared him guilty. We're going to war. Now, in the past, ladies and gentlemen, a guy like this would get the hook. They put him in a white jacket. Tie his arms behind his back, put a paper bag over his head, and run him off to St. Elizabeth's. They would. They'd shoot him up with something to calm him down, and then shoot him up with something to wake him up. He'd be eating gruel of some sort or oatmeal. They wouldn't allow any sharp instruments near him, including even dull instruments like a spoon. They wouldn't want him to hurt himself. They'd tie him to a bed, give him maybe electric shock treatment. Maybe a lobotomy, something like that. 
Instead, here's what they do. They bring him on MSNBC. This guy's good. Oh, he's good. <laughs> no, he's nuts. Go ahead. Two, we are vulnerable with our election systems. That's our two things. We may not have won the battle of impeachment. Let's all follow Double D Donnie Douche to war, ladies and gentlemen. And you know what he's doing tonight, this clown? Eating a five-course meal, one of the most expensive restaurants, I'm sure, in Manhattan. Maybe he took a trip out to the Hamptons. All these clowns patting him on his head. Donnie, you did so great on MSNBC. You were great. Donnie, only you, only only you are speaking the truth. Truth to power, Donnie. Yes, pass the creme I, 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 Yeah, I, I, exactly. So, Donnie, where do we sign up for this war? What war? You said we're going to war. Ah, war, schmore. So where's Donnie Douche tonight? Is he going to war? No. Crawls back under his rock like a good little slime ball. Maybe he's having dinner with the with the schmoes. Joe and Mika Schmo. Maybe they're having dinner together. Maybe they're having for dessert sponge cake. Who knows? Spon- strawberry shortcake. Isn't that sponge cake with uh, whipped cream and strawberries, basically? I hear that's what Donnie Douche likes. All right, go ahead. We're going to win the war of putting him in jail, whatever we have to do. And we're not going to necessarily play fair. And for all Whatever we have to do? Mental patient? Now, who, who's acting like a neo-Nazi now? Who's acting like a Klansman now? This guy's hilarious. This guy's worth tens of millions of dollars. They, they pick him up and take him home in some kind of chauffeured vehicle. We're going to war! Good one, Donnie. Ah, that's fine. Pat him on the back, goes down the elevator, gets into his limo, drive him out to the Hamptons, bring him back. He's a monkey. He's a show monkey. That's what he is. They know what he's going to do. He's going to dance. They're going to play music. He's going to dance. He'll poop on the table, whatever. Go ahead. Out there, whose hair is going to go on fire, but we're becoming like them. We're becoming like them. We cannot lose the next election. We will go back 50 years. We well, have to start. I, I one other thing, Joe, let me just finish. The one it's funny because 50 years ago was Lyndon Johnson. I don't want to go back 50 years either. This guy's an idiot. But the other idiots trying to interrupt them, the schmo. Go ahead. The use that the Democrats never use is fear. Start to start. Oh, the Democrats never use fear, ladies and gentlemen. Never. Never use fear. Go ahead. About Donald Trump today and yesterday and start to paint a picture of what the next four years would look like. Maybe even the next eight, 12 years, because he doesn't think he's going anywhere. Of the possible path. I mean, you. Please, God. Please. Please have this fool come on my program. Please, I beg of you. I beg of you. Let's go to cut two, Mr. Producer. Go ahead. Well, let's move on. Well, you know what? Let's take a break. Then we're going to get to the great Gillibrand. The great Gillibrand who rates uh, like minus 12 points in the presidential race so far. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
Now, Kirsten Gillibrand has figured out how to uh, get elected president of the United States by attacking white people. Oh, yeah. The Democrats figure this is how they'll all get elected, attack white people. Now, that is so pernicious. Why are you attacking people because of their race? I thought we weren't supposed to do that. But apparently that's not racist. Is it? The answer is, yes, it is. And I'm really sick and tired of people being attacked because of their physical features, their skin color. We celebrate Martin Luther King. One of the watchwords, if you will, or phrases of Martin Luther King was what? You judge people not by the color of their skin, by the content of their character. Problem for the left is they have no character, so you can't really judge them based on that. Well, I guess we can. Anyway, here's Kirsten Gillibrand. And what's interesting about her attacking white people is she's so white, she's not even white. She's transparent. You look at her eyes, you can see right through at the back of her head. Cut 10, go. He has been so divisive as a U.S. president, using racist language, attacking women elected leaders of color. Now, let's, let's, let's slow down. Attacking women. So you're not allowed to attack women. You're not allowed to attack people of color. But white people, you can attack all you want. Now, Donald Trump, the other day, hammered Nadler, Schiff, and Mueller. And as I pointed out, last time I checked, they're not women of color. Now, who knows? Anything's possible down the road, and who am I to judge? But they're not women of color. That's number one. Number two, I thought we're supposed to stop using genitalia-specific language, right? So they're not women at all. They're people of color, right? So it's impossible to attack women of color. You can only attack people of color. So I'm getting very confused by the demands and the requirements of the left when it comes to PC and identity politics. Number three, Gillibrand, you're an idiot. And you have no color whatsoever. Go ahead. Literally marginalizing communities of color in his policy and how he uses Twitter. He's literally not marginalizing uh, people in communities of color. No, he's not marginalizing them in any respect. There's not a single policy in which he's marginalizing people or communities of color. None whatsoever. Nitwit. Go ahead. And how he uses the bully pulpit. And it's intentional. Because when he said, let's build a wall, he meant it against anyone. He meant it. That wall is a wall of division. Making America great again is making America white again. Oh, well, you know, the wall up there, they want to put the wall up there because it's to make America white again. First of all, America majority is white, but I don't know what that means. Make America white again. This is sick. Now, the people who are suffering as a result of illegal immigration are not just white people. But listen to how she talks. Listen to how the Democrats talk. They don't mean a damn thing that they say. They know it's not true, but they say it anyway. 
It doesn't matter. They say it anyway. And one is more outrageous than the other among these uh, Democrats. Go ahead. Fully intentional. Cut 11, go. And he's dividing the country on these racial lines purposefully. You know what? I got walls being put up there uh, to make America white again. And you know what? Trump is purposely dividing the nation. Did she not just say that he's putting the wall up there to make America white again? And then she says he's dividing the nation? Isn't that incredible? Go ahead. To tell people who feel deeply left behind that it's not your fault, it's because of the black person who's stealing your job or the brown person. Whoa, 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 what? Let me tell you something, moron. There is a serious problem when illegal immigrants come into this country and take the jobs of other Americans. And they're not taking jobs solely from white people. They're taking jobs from people who work at McDonald's, from electricians, from plumbers, from truck drivers, from carpenters, from painters, from bricklayers, of all colors. If you truly cared about this country and truly cared about blue-collar and white-collar workers in this country and men and women who work with their hands, you wouldn't support open borders. You're an idiot. Go ahead. Or the Mexican or the Muslim or the immigrant or the refugee. And so he's created this narrative that you He hasn't created any narrative. You are a liar and you're the one creating a narrative. Why don't we invite uh, Gillibrand on the program, Mr. Producer? Let's go through the list. Tell her we want to explore with her Trump's effort to make America white again. That's all. We w- Tell her I'm an olive-skinned American, which I am. And so, uh, you know, I, I can talk about this with some authority. Go ahead. Not love your neighbor, that you should fear your neighbor, and not love your enemy. Wait, 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 what are you talking about? You're rambling. You should not love your neighbor? Since when are illegal aliens supposed to be my neighbor? I have a question for Gillibrand. A question for all the leftists who want open borders. Why must people travel thousands of miles to come into the country in order to get free benefits and rights Healthcare, schooling. Why not just confer it on the 7 billion people who live all around the world and just tell them, you can have our Social Security, you can have our Medicare, you can have our Medicaid. Uh, we'll, we'll be responsible for teaching you. We'll be responsible for feeding you, and of course your children too. Why must these people risk life and limb coming into the country? If this is our responsibility, if these are human beings... They're human beings before they come into our country, aren't they? Go ahead, backbenchers, rip me off. I'm just saying, why not just outsource all of our resources? I'll be right back. I am looking for the list. Let's see here. Found it. All right, folks. I'm working at a great disadvantage here. My printer doesn't work. My computer doesn't work. 
but my iPhone does. So I have to read with one eye closed because the font's so small. Mark, you can enlarge it. Yes, but I need to see the entire sentence. As many of you know, I was recently at the Reagan Library, one of my favorite places on earth, quite frankly, signing copies of Unfreedom of the Press for thousands of patriots and Levinites. It was an absolute honor, fantastic experience for my family and me, and it always is. It's a truly special place. For those of you who couldn't attend, I've got some great news. Levin TV's cameras were there and captured the entire event. If you're a big fan of this show, and you haven't yet subscribed to Levin TV, please consider subscribing today to see the Reagan Library book signing event, including some behind-the-scenes segments you can't get anywhere else. And also, if you're enjoying Unfreedom of the Press, you'll want to check out a series of companion episodes we produced for Levin TV, which I go through each chapter of the book and provide additional commentary and insight about the absolute failure of the press in this country. To see these episodes and many more, go to levintv.com and sign up immediately. L-E-V-I-N-T-V.com. And you'll get 10 bucks off if you use promo code LEVIN. That's levintv.com, promo code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, for 10 bucks off your annual subscription. All right, Mr. Producer. We have, oh, we have some calls here. Let's see. Mark, Portland, Oregon, KUFO, KUFO. How are you, sir? Doing real good today, Mr. Levin. It's a pleasure and honor to speak with you and ask your uh, perspective on a question. Yes, sir. As you've uh, talked about um, with the Mueller testimony, it's it's apparent that he's feeble and that he had 19 angry Democrats running amok underneath him. But the question I have and the perspective I'd like to get is from you is he was supervised. He was supervised by Rosenstein mm-hmm. over the whole time. Yep. You mean to tell me Rosenstein didn't know what was going on? Couldn't I, see that? I agree with you 100%. I agree with you. One, Rosenstein had to know that something wasn't right. In fact, anybody who met with Mueller or dealt with them had to know. We even have Republicans saying, we knew there was a problem. Well, why were they keeping it secret? Yeah. But I agree with you completely. And by the way, Mark, don't hang up. We're going to send you a signed copy of Unfreedom of the Press, my friend, because you're going to need it there in Portland, Oregon. Don't hang up. One of the most left-wing kook cities on the face of the earth. Sorry, I'm not talking about the conservatives there. I'm talking about the left-wing kooks. Let us go to Tommy, Glendora, California. 870, the answer, the great KRLA, where we're live and national. Go. Thank you, Mark. First of all, I must thank you for your brilliant, gutsy defense of this nation in the time of my view. One of the greatest perils, perilous times in this country is now. You're doing a brilliant job defending liberty. God bless you. Thank you. Let's hope we're effective at some point. God help us if we're not. The yep. theme of this call, Mark, is the party of Donnie Douche and Anthony Weiner, the Democrats, and the last word in Democrats is rats, the party of AOC, Omar Tlaib, Presley, the squad, their idiotic, uh, dangerous agenda. I call them the four broad fraud squad. These people we know push socialism. They would absolutely eviscerate this country. 
with their new gangrene deal with uh, the lack of freedom of speech. Wait a minute. Blah, 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 blah. You're, you're throwing a lot of... I like that gangrene. The gangrene new deal. That's pretty good. Yeah. Thank you, Mark. With yeah. all the obvious socialism and the absolute destruction of liberty that they pose, in my view, they've reached a new low today. What do I mean? We all know about the great Hall of Famer, Mariano Rivera, who was mm-hmm. unanimously inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, rightly so. Well, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal that points out that the America-hating Daily Beast can't leave mm-hmm. anything alone. Now, these people love America-haters like Colin Kaepernick and Megan Rapinoe. They love these people. But good mm-hmm. Mariano Rivera is a God-fearing, great Christian. He's a Trump supporter. He's mm-hmm. an Israel supporter. Your screener tells me he's donated money, much money to worthy cause. Must be a neocon. Yeah. he's Oh, he's dangerous, Mark. They say that this just infuriates me. The Daily Beast says on his Hall of Fame plaque, Mariano Rivera's, they better put something referring to, quote, his far-right politics. I guess it's mm-hmm. far-right to love God and love your country. Mar- and by the way, they have been trying to trash him, the Daily Beast and others. It, how, what kind of a worse threat could we have to our democracy? What kind of more of an insult could we have to the brave American vets who died to preserve our freedom that these Mm -hmm. jerks eviscerate? They're like devils, Mark. It's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right, my friend, you make excellent, excellent points. I want to thank you. Jimmy, Brooklyn, New York, the great WABC, go! Mark, you really do a great job trying to alert the people and hopefully get them activated. Listen, I got something Thanks, in my Jimmy. hand here, a yeah. newspaper from the Marxist. It's called The Independent. They spell it I-N-D-Y. Now, this is basically the spokespaper for the Democratic Socialists of America. This group had people that represent or support Hamas, Hezbollah. They teach courses on Marx and Gramsci. They meet with people from all over the world. So it's the international communist movement. Still working, still meeting. What meeting. about Nadler? Is he in there? Oh, he's a Democratic Socialist of America for a long time. But also, mm-hmm. it's the staff members that surround these congressmen and senators. So, Gillibrand must be surrounded by communist people. But anyway, in their newspaper, to show no, no, you... No, 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 but I, I bet her staff is all people of color, particularly women of color. Wouldn't you guess? Yes, and the color is red. Anyway, go right ahead. Yeah, the color is okay. red. Exactly. Yes. So the newspaper here is advertised. It's a free newspaper distributed all over the city. It's also free in the, in the libraries. So they need advertising. Right now, they were getting advertisements from uh, uh, Time Warner Cable. Now they're getting advertisements for the New York City government. But they have a full-page ad from international publishers. They're Wait a minute. Are socialist newspapers getting advertising from the city? Right. New York City government. Full-page ad. Uh, un- unbelievable. Right, it was Comrade de, de, de Blasio, but they're republishing old Soviet books, Marx, Lenin, Engels. Mm-hmm. It's international publishers and progress publishers. It's a joint operation. Now listen to this. It's a joint operation headquartered in New York and Moscow. In mm. the New York office is also the headquarters of the American Communist Party, who very mm-hmm. briefly moved out of New York to Chicago to help Obama get elected. 
but they're mm. back in New York, the official headquarters, and it's Progress Publishers and International Publishers. It was formerly the Institute of Marxism-Leninism. Now it's the Russian Independent Institute of Social and National Problems. It's incredible. In their own publications, you see ongoing, continuing collaboration with a foreign enemy. These people claim that Trump colluded with Russia, and they're working with Russia. They celebrated the 200th birthday of Karl Marx, the 100th anniversary of the Soviet Revolution, and the 100th anniversary of the founding of the American Communist Party. A lot of people that are in this movement, they think they're democratic socialists, but controlling it all is hardline communist. And their end goal is world communist government. To do that, you have to first collapse America, who the Soviets always said was enemy number one, and the radical Muslim terrorist Soviet allies always said America is the big Satan. So they have a lot of people they're manipulating, but they're very powerful. All right, my friend, I appreciate your dissertation very much. By the way, where are you going to be Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific? I have a hell of a show on life, liberty, and Levin. I have two former attorneys general. The 75th Attorney General of the United States, Edwin Meese. And the 81st Attorney General of the United States, Mike Mukasey. And they are spectacular on the same show. You won't get any better than these gentlemen. And they want to talk about the Mueller hearings. And impeachment. And the Mueller report. And obstruction. Seriously, you don't want to miss this. And I believe on Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, they're going to be rerunning my Life, Liberty, and Levin show, where I did it all by myself. You might remember that was back in April 21st, where I do the show myself about the Mueller report when the Mueller report came out. It was an extremely popular program. It's one of the most popular programs I'd ever done. I sit behind my desk. With no guest. So that's this Saturday, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. I hope you'll watch it. And Sunday is a blockbuster show. With the 75th Attorney General of the United States under Ronald Reagan, Ed Meese, the 81st Attorney General of the United States under George W. Bush, Mike Mukasey. Wonderful men, brilliant men, serious men, who you're going to want to hear from, I'm sure. Or you're going to want to hear about and the things they have to say and the questions that I ask. I mean, it really is quite spectacular. What do you want me to do, Rich? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. You know, ladies and gentlemen, Friday evening, tomorrow Saturday, by my calendar, the next day Sunday, it is a perfect time to cuddle with unfreedom of the press. Well, what did you think I was going to say? It's a perfect, with my wife, of course, honey, my wife's sitting right here. But it's a perfect time to cuddle with unfreedom of the press. I'm quite serious about this. And not only that, all you Levinites out there, I want to thank you for getting a copy of the book or the ebook or the e-audio. Now, can you help us push it beyond the Levinites to friends and neighbors and relatives? I'm telling you, with this impeachment move, with the election coming up, the greatest force that is obstructing 
the course to bringing back our constitutional republic is shockingly enough the mass media in this country because it's not a free press which is why the title of the book is Unfreedom of the Press. You can jump on Amazon.com. You can have it delivered to you tomorrow and give it out to this person over the weekend. So I want to strongly encourage you. Or if you're shopping this weekend, let's say you're at Barnes & Noble or Costco or Walmart or any of the wonderful stores, it should be there. If it's not there, you should tell them it should be there. But you can still go on Amazon and get a copy. I hope you will. Do you wish that double chin would just disappear? Newsflash, ladies and gentlemen, people look at your jawline. It simply tells them your age. And here's Robin from Lubbock, Texas. I put Genesel jawline cream on my neck two or three days ago. It's the best my neck has looked in 20 years. People told me my face looks young and I'm blown away. Now, folks, using MDL technology in Chaminade's proprietary base, Genesel's brand new jawline treatment specifically targets the delicate skin around the neck and jaw for tight, healthy, younger-looking skin. See results right before your eyes or 100% of your money back, no questions asked. That's a big deal. Nothing to lose. Call now, and the classical Genesel for bags and puffiness is free with your order. And to start seeing results in 12 hours or less, Genesel immediate effects is also yours free. No double chin, no turkey neck, no sagging jawline, because no one needs to know your age. Look younger. Feel younger. There's no risk. Guaranteed. 800-SKIN-604. 800-SKIN-604. That's the number. Or go online to Genesel.com. Genesel.com. Get your two free gifts and free express shipping. Why wait? Jump in now. Call 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. That's 800-SKIN-604 or go to Genesel.com. Oh, yes. Let's see what else. I told you about unfreedom of the press. I think it's crucial to get that. I've told you about our Genesel. I've told you about Saturday's show on Life, Liberty, and Live In. Sunday's, I'm very busy, aren't I? Uh, Sunday's show on Life, Liberty, and Live In. And next week, I will not be on any TV show because I'm taking a little break. My choice, unless something really happens where I feel I need to jump in. All right, folks, here we go. Um, in your honor.
The week is officially over. The weekend begins right now. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, emergency personnel, and all law enforcement. Thank you. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. Good night, Zelda. Good night, Gigi. Don't forget Life, Liberty, and Levin this weekend. Don't forget Unfreedom of the Press this weekend. And God bless each and every one of you. Have a wonderful weekend. Good night, Dad, and good night, Mom. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.